Craft Beer Radio, episode 286, April 19, 2014. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. And hello, everybody. We are the mother flippin' Craft Beer Radio. Uh, you might have heard a different voice there on the intro. That is a. Uh, I'm the rhinoceros. <laughs> it's Greg from New Zealand. How can you tell him from me? Well, uh, besides he's better looking uh, and he has a better accent, he uh, has an extra I after his E. So there you go. Yeah, my parents couldn't spell. <laughs> For booking purposes, I am Greg Weiss. Jeff Bear. Uh, and of course, uh, your wife is here. But we, and we won't uh, do it. No, she's just, shaking her head. She just wanted, she's shy. Want to she likes to drink the beer. She doesn't like to be on the podcast. All right. So, <laughs> what do we start with? Now, this is All right. this is our Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week pre-show preview show. Right. Yeah. So, Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week is from April twenty fifth to May fourth, which will be uh, about a week after this goes out. Talk about Craft Beer Week. What people can expect, and uh, we're going to drink a lot of Pittsburgh beers here tonight, since we're showcasing Pittsburgh craft beer. So where should we start? We have a, a wide assortment of beers. We do. Um, you want to start with the cans and move on to I the growlers? Either the can or the whip beer would probably be a good place to start. Let's start with the cans, yeah, because right. it's an up brown ale. So this is a, a relatively new brewery here in town. This is Hop Farm Brewing, and this is their one up brown ale. They uh, have a canning system. They're actually canning this beer when I showed up unannounced at their brewery and um, banged on their door. And they were ignoring me because they thought that was somebody else that they were trying to uh, avoid. <laughs> but uh, finally opened the door. And yeah, the cans were completely, you know, they have a precious sensitive label on the cans, right? They're not yeah. printed, right? So yeah, they had a table full of just silver cans sitting there full of freshly canned beer. This is their uh, one nut nut brown. So there's not much on their website. They, like I said, they're very new, so it's understandable. They call this their standard American brown ale. They say a touch of chocolate with nutty goodness. I don't know how much of that is marketing speak and how much of that is they actually put either nuts and or chocolate in it. But I assume only one nut. Just one nut per per brew. It must be a really big one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going there. <laughs> oh, no, Beer Advocate has it at 4.5% alcohol by volume. As an American brown ale, the color is a uh, chestnut. Yeah, chestnut's uh, a good one. A little bit of red highlights. Beautiful color, actually. Hop Farm is on Butler Street at I want to say Fifty Eighth. They're just uh, they just a gra- they're not a brew pub. Fifty Six Hundred One Butler Street. Fifty Six. So, yeah. Okay, they're uh, not just uh, kind of have growler hours like East End or Roundabout. They don't have a brew pub there. So don't expect to go there and drink beers on premise, but you can taste and take beers home. Uh, and if you're curious, I mean, might as well do this for this time because you know, Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week. Want to uh, give out some of the uh, what the brews they have currently on tap there. They have Little Kulak, which is their inaugural Russian Imperial Stout, uh, using local Cascade and Zeus hops. Oh, I'm pretty sure the website's out of date because they didn't have that on. Uh, well, they say that they uh, they are putting a good amount away in barrels. So that's good to know. So in the future, there will be a barrel-aged version of that. They, uh, their collaboration beer for Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week is um, they're collaborating with a dude who pairs beers with movies. Oh, that's cool. So he collaborated with them, and they did something kind of like uh, Imperial Berliner Weiss. And um, so that's going to be the collaboration beer. And then he put that into a uh, red wine. Wouldn't you just call it an American Sour? <laughs> <laughs> 
They will. They are having a. They say coming soon a Berliner Weiss and uh, mm-hmm. English bitter and yep. Grace and Harry's root beer. If that's a hard, if that's a uh, hard root beer, I'm really curious to check that out because I like a hard root beer. Yeah, the aroma on this one, you get a little toastiness, a bit of chocolate in the aroma. Now I have a question about pairing a beer with a movie because a movie's two hours long. And you're not gonna drink a beer for two hours unless it's. It could be a six pack, right? <laughs> Certainly not an Imperial Berliner Weiss. You're not gonna drink for two hours. I mean, but it is a Berliner Weiss. So even if it's Imperial, it's not that strong, right? Yeah. I think I think theirs is cut about seven percent. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, personally, I've never really considered pairing beers with music or movies, but I know people like to do that kind of thing. It's all sensory stuff, right? So it makes sense. It's a little cold at 53. All right, so I'm going to move on to the flavor here. Yeah, so the aroma, I was mentioning how there's a, you know, some chocolatey, some toastiness in the aroma. You know, some, mm. some kind of, um, you know, like... Little uh, toffee notes. Yeah, a bit of honey as well, just a, just a hint. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a, a, a cake-like aroma, like a... Yeah, seed cake or you know, mm-hmm. oat cake. Kind yeah. Of, yeah, it's really... This is a really good sort of sessionable ale. This mm-hmm. this is something you drink. Yeah, there's a lot of flavor in this one. This isn't a brown ale that's kind of muted. It really coats your tongue with a lot of flavor, and you get. Oh, let's see. What? Let me take another sip here. I'm oh, sorry. I've, I I I want to interrupt. I, I sent you this link. I don't know if you saw I it. Didn't see it no. This is the best cake in America. Is here in Pittsburgh, apparently. This uh, a, a place called Pronti. So if you happen to be coming to Pittsburgh for Craft Beer Week, <laughs> see if you get to Pronti's and try out their um, their Pronti's Burnt Almond Tort. You mean I've wasted my whole day <laughs> drinking beer when I could have been having the best cake in Pittsburgh? Best, best cake, cake in, in America. America. Best cake in America. You, you heard it here It's not first. too late. Well, it's not. Well, oh, but tomorrow's Easter. Oh. oh. Anyway, on back to the beer. Which would go well with a cake. Yeah, it mm-hmm. would. It's got a, the, the finish on this is just delicious. It's got mm-hmm. this really nice, just slight lingering sweetness, but mm-hmm. the, the dryness of the, the malt and the hops just... It's a perfectly balanced beer. It really is very well balanced, yeah. I agree. Yeah, the first couple sips I was focusing... Uh, what I was noticing mostly was the sweet maltiness mm-hmm. and, and the, some of the... the There's definitely nuttiness. And, yeah. and then... Probably third sip in, I was getting more of the hops in the late taste and yeah. getting a little, you know, that balance you're talking about where it kind of dries it out, right? doesn't get too, um, you know, you don't focus on the sweetness yeah. the entire time. And yeah, it's a really good brown ale. The nuts you know, are kind of a combination, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, do we know what the hops are? I mean, it's, it's no. quite earthy. It's got that English hop character to it. They don't, don't have a lot of information on their website about the beer. Mm. The the nut, the nutty flavor comes to me as kind of a cross between sort of almond and walnut. Yeah, Exactly. Really, really nice. It's four point seven percent ABV, twenty eight IBUs, and it's a so G was twelve Plato. So how long have these guys been around? I don't know exactly, but I think they're under a year old. Okay, wow, that's really good to be brewing beer like this after a year. I think you know most of the breweries that start up, you know, I think of like Shoe Brew and even East End are mm-hmm. people who are home brewers first, so they get some good recipes in yeah. and then they start making beer so you're gonna you, generally when you see breweries start mm-hmm. up they're gonna start with, with good beers yeah but it, I mean it's still yeah. as a brewer it takes a while to learn your, your yeah. equipment you know when you're upscaling it can 
can be a challenge. So. Yeah, Hop Farm's just two people, Matt, and I, I'm, I don't know his assistant brewer's name, unfortunately. I apologize. Uh, and Matt's a home brewer turned pro. Speaking of breweries, uh, Greg, you're a brewer. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not playing with computers. He's a brewer turned semi-pro. Yeah. yeah. Or a home brewer turned semi-pro. Part-time brewer. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your endeavor. Okay, so it's uh, myself and a guy called Phil back in New Zealand. Uh, we launched, you know, New Zealand is following the the USA craft model. Everyone wants bigger and bigger IPAs and more and more hops. So we decided, of course, being completely non-commercially sensitive that we would do the opposite of that. So we're doing things like uh, German Rauch beers and Belgian triples and you know, slightly hoppy wheat beers, which is our one <laughs> foray. It's, you know, we said we'd never brew an IPA, so we brewed a wheat beer that's kind of an IPA. That's, a, <laughs> that's our excuse. Well, hey, Sam Adams said they never brew an IPA, and now they And now they have, yeah, and, and blatantly too. Yeah, yeah lots of them. So, and, yeah. and yeah, they got the Rebel, which is kind of a... Big marketing push. I haven't tried that yet. I must get around to that. It's it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's no latitude forty eight though. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Craft Beer Week. I, did I say it was uh, April twenty fifth mm-hmm. to to May fourth? Um, some facts about. Um, did you know there are eleven brewers in Allegheny County and twenty one in the surrounding area? Like, well. I had a feeling it was, I didn't know the exact number, but yeah, I had, I had a feeling it was. And then there's ten, 10 more that should be open within a year. Wow, that's approaching market saturation. If yeah. you ask me, where I yeah. come from, there are four. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Some of the um, so right now they have about 150 events on the schedule. You know, a lot of those are beer tastings, but there are some signature events. A um, couple we went to last year, right? We went to the Beer Barge, which was it's called the Gateway Clipper Fleet, and they do little river cruises, right? Oh, cool. And they're they're kind of big ships where you can have your prom on it or something like that, and um, they do a beer fest on it. Oh, that's so you, it, you get on, it goes up and down the rivers for a couple hours, drink beers, and get off. So you can always go up on the roof, enjoy the good scenery. You know, and also do the beer fest. That one's already sold out. Oh, I live in a river city. You've given me an idea now. <laughs> the beer barge. There you yeah. go. And then uh, one of the other signature events, which Greg got to go to last year, was the Real Ale Fest. Yeah. 70 Firkins this year. They're going to sell 600 tickets. Uh, it was it, really great. Um, the one thing that I think they're fixing this year was that it was too crowded for the place it was in. But uh, lots of great beer on tap. A real cask, all all cask, you know, straight from the cask. So um, great stuff. And People I, bring some really interesting stuff too. And that's on May third. All right, so let's move on to the next beer. I think if we're going to work from lightest and least bitter down you know, into you know more a palate impacting beers, yeah. we'll do the East End Wit next. All right. East End should be familiar to other listen to listeners of the show. They are they've been around for. About five years now, I think at least. At least Scott, uh, the brewer, has been on the show a couple times. Uh, it's a lot more than five. I think it's really close to how long we've been around. I think okay. maybe a year longer, but I'm not sure. So they might be around ten years. So. Oh, okay. Wow. I, I didn't. I thought they they started after we had started, but I may be wrong on that. All right. So this is uh, a whipped beer, it's spiced with coriander and and probably orange peel, but I don't know for sure. I know there's coriander there for sure. All right, so yeah, big, big coriander aroma on this. You get a bit of a lemony type aroma as well. 
and then you notice the the you know typical wheaty smells, right? Something that's kind of uh, lemongrassy. There's almost a. Uh, do you guys have? Uh, see, this is culture shock here. You, we have a thing at home called luncheon sausage, and it's. I can't describe this in a nice way, but it, <laughs> it has this aroma that all children are familiar with because it's what you put on kids' lunches. At okay. School. And it's a slightly meaty... You know, spam might be a nice... You it's know, probably you know, like what we call bologna here. Bologna, yeah, maybe bologna. Mm. Um, it's got this almost meaty note to the, to the nose, and I often get that off coriander spiced uh, whip beers. I, I would say that... Do you guys get that? The, the thing that, that may put it in slight sauces, I may be getting a slight amount of, and this is probably the coriander, a slight kind of fennel yeah, character. There's, there's definitely yeah, definitely well, I mean, as soon as he said sausage, yeah. I was, and I was anticipating where he was going. Alex is over there laughing. Yeah, she's killing us. <laughs> you never know what you're going to smell. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's our thing. We, we we don't we try and we we don't keep it too um, I, I do this when I'm standard. judging too. Yeah. You wouldn't believe the looks I get. Yeah, I think it's there's I think there's a bit in there. I'm not sure I would have really, you know, maybe it was suggestion, but I, yeah. I am smelling some fennel type type notes right now. Mm. It smells pretty good. I could sit here and, uh, and really, sniff on this one for a while. Yeah, it's got right? a really complex, really deep aroma to this. This is, this is good. There's a little sort of berry note there, too, like a little blueberry, a little fresh blueberry. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. That's another funny story. I met my wife picking blueberries, so I'm oh, really? very familiar with that aroma. <laughs> <laughs> I think we ate more than we picked. This is a very, very well-made beer. So much going on. So the uh, the first thing, the sip, you know, the coriander is a very strong yeah. component of the aroma. It's pretty sharp. You, I was going to say, you you almost expect the coriander flavor to be a very strong component of the flavor to, to match what you smell. But to me, the for at least the first sip, and this could build over time, but for me, at least the first sip, the coriander was kind of subdued. It mm-hmm. really showcased the wheat more, right? Yeah. You got some more of the wheat character. It, it, it's and a sharp kind of, of direct wheat, a, a tiny bit of tartness coming from that, but mostly this kind of... Uh, this this sharp grassy note, mm. and the one thing this one has a little bit more, a little more breadiness to it, right? It doesn't seem as phenolic as, as some other wit beers. Yeah, it's you know, a like, softer note, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. almost wrapped up by the by the yeast. Yeah, I remember the first time I homebrewed a wit beer, you know, I cracked open the yeast pack and smelled it, right? And mm. and it it was like, oh, that's. You know, that's the phenols, right? That's where like the this character, the signature character whip beer comes from is the yeast. It's yeah. not so much I mean, yes, it's it's the coriander, yes it's the wheat, but the yeast provides a lot of character with those phenols. Yeah. And this one seems to be a little more subdued, right? And you get a little bit more mm-hmm. maltiness uh in the aroma from that. Yes, it's not particularly phenolic. You're not getting those things that you might expect, like the sort of bubblegum flavors or some of the uh, some of the more citrusy notes are, yeah. are not really coming out. Those are sort of estuary, uh-huh. but those aren't coming out very much either. Mm. It's it's a, it's pretty strong on the wheat side. As I'm taking uh, the last sip, I took, I was starting to taste more of the coriander, but it, it actually played a little bit different on my tongue. It reminded me of um, like pine boughs or something like that. Oh, wow. Like there may be some some bits of uh, phenols on, on the edge, a little bit of uh, sort of clovey, clove notes, but really, really deep down there. you got to go looking for them. Uh, There's almost a hint of that sort of wintergreen note that I associate with pines. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. 
it's what I really like about this is that there's so much complexity going on, but it's soft. It's really gentle. It's just it invites you to take another sip. There's nothing really sticking out and poking you. It's just a, a really good. Interesting you say that. I kind of disagree. I I, okay. I find it um, to be, like I said, pretty sharp, pretty... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of, of a better word than sharp, but it's not really coming. Like, I thought of, you know, obnoxious isn't the right word. Uh, <laughs> but but it's, you know, it, it's definitely sort of... It's assertive, I guess I, I could say. To, okay. to me, it, it's coming across as, as pretty assertive. I mean, it's a strong flavor. I, yeah. I just think it's, an, it's its edges are all rounded off. I mean, that's a strange way to describe it. But it, mm-hmm. for me, it's smooth. It's silky. It's got all these nice spicy flavors in. And I mean, this is you know a style I don't actually enjoy that much. But I'm enjoying this beer. Um, and I wouldn't enjoy it if there was something spiky or something sharp sticking out. So. Eastern Brewing Company. This is their wit beer. Um, like... Uh, hop farm they're also just a production brewery mm-hmm. so there's not a pub there there's, you can't go there and eat food and drink beer on premise at least not yet um there might be something in the works where at the brewery they're going to have some some glass sales they have two locations where you can get growlers filled there's at the brewery on frankstown road um at the pittsburgh public market on penn and 24th they have a growler shop as soon as you walk in the door there and you can get your growlers filled there as well that crispy in a style i don't like is hard to do so, you know, and they have <laughs> That was East End Wit. Maybe that just means it's off style. No, 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 it's perfectly the style. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if you don't like the style and you like this beer, yeah, then, yeah, then you, maybe the simple solution is it's not the style. Perhaps you're right. I'm thinking What's next? Next. We have several more to go. Let's do the Rice is on. All right, so this is from Church Brew Works, which we went to last night. Oh, yeah. They are uh, not not just a production brewery, but also a brew house. A stunningly sexy bar to go to. Yeah. yeah. If I, you know, how many out of town listens do you have, Jeff? Most, most, right? So if you come here, as I did as a tourist, you need to go there. It is beautiful. Yeah, it's a it's an old decommissioned uh, Catholic church, and the high ceilings, the uh, altar is where the brewery is, and uh, they reused a lot of the original church. To, to make the place, so it, it's very well done. Um, and this is the Rye Saison. Don't have any information on it. Pours a, mm. a cloudy golden color. The aroma on this one. Wow, it's interesting. Pineapple. Do you get that? Yeah, actually, I, yeah. I, I was. I was I was surprised. Almost slightly, like, did they give me the right beer? Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, yeah, I'm getting a pineapple or... Um, I was thinking something... There's something tropical. I don't know if pineapple is quite... Passion fruit, maybe? Yeah, more passion fruity, maybe, maybe a little bit of mango. I'm, they're all kind of on the same area. Mm. It's got the tropical so, thing. Yeah. So is that, uh, you know, you know the different Britannomyces? That, there's got to be a Brit influence there, right? I mean, that's classic Brit C for me, but I might be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I don't know which... You know what they uh, used to ferment this one out. I expect mm. it was probably more of a straight up, you know, saison, right? Right. So it's, but, you don't reckon there's any breath in there? I mean, we had this beer last night. You had a pint mm, of it last I night, did. right? And it I don't remember it. It didn't <laughs> seem this uh, fruity. No, no, it didn't. Um, and I had it on Wednesday, and it didn't seem this fruity to me as well. I guess we're colored by what we had before. Could be. So that's fantastic. fantastic. It really is. Get a fair amount, and this is one thing that I found striking about this beer when I had it on Wednesday as well is. 
Um, apricot. A apricot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Dried a, apricot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. There's a lot of rye beers where you're not really sure what the rye is doing, mm. like what it's contributing to the flavors you're tasting. This one, I, th I think, you know, you can see how the maltiness is different, right? Yeah. And what I mean by that is it's, it's a little more um, spicy, um, almost like, uh, I don't want to describe it, um, like a thing that yeah. does the stuff, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Spicy spicy is a good way to put it. No, it is. It's um, yeah, it's zesty. Um, almost like dry. You know, this is wrong because there's no lemon notes in it, but dried right. lemon peel. It yeah. has that kind of almost sharp. Excuse me. Uh, zestiness to it. Yeah, I think a dried lemon peel yeah. kind of there. I kind of mix that with something that's um, a little. Uh, see, black pepper is not right. Alligator pepper is no, not right. White pepper is though. White I mean, yeah, well, there's, okay. there's a white pepper note there. That's Oh, that's good. There's a lot going on. Let's let's all agree. There's a lot mm. going on. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, the, the church has some really good beers on mm. tap right now. I some of the some of the best beers I've had, you know, from the church. No, I've had other times where I've gone where beers have been really good, but the lineup they have right now is just pretty solid. Yeah. And uh, I was pretty happy with my tastings I did Wednesday night. Last night, you know, since I was driving, I only had one beer. But uh, it was a good beer, so I was pretty satisfied with that one. And, and thank you for that, man. I, no, no problem. I really no problem. Let me say this about the beer, about the taste. I don't know if it has any apricot in it, but whether it does or doesn't, to me, that's a much better use of apricot than, say, Magic Hat's number nine, which I'm not a big fan of. <laughs> See, I really like that beer. I only tried it recently, and I'd, I'd heard people putting it down, and I went, oh, this was really good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good drinker. I mean, it, it's yeah. a really easy drinker, but in terms of really bringing out some of that flavor, uh, I find it good. It's, it's way too... Um, it's unsubtle. It, 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 yeah. It, yeah it's, it, it's a, well, it, it's at the point where it's like, I, I want there to be more apricot flavor or less apricot flavor, not the amount that they're giving, which is sort of just enough, sort of a hint of it, but without it really... It, Without it expressing itself in in a in a major way, I think here we get some major apricot flavors along with a little bit. I think you might be right on the Brett because yeah. I think there's something a little you know slightly um, ropey. So slightly, there's something non-saccharine yeah, saddle. There, there. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's it, it works. Whatever it is, it's fantastic. I mean, it, for me, it's, it's, it's really interesting how fruity yeah. God sitting in growler for since yeah. Wednesday. Although that's it, I mean, they don't do it any favors serving it in the straight-sided pint yeah. glass. There, they they need yeah. to serve it in glasses like this. I think maybe so it's the same. When beer, I ordered but... it on Wednesday, it came in a mug, and the nice thing about the mug is it had uh, nucleation points on the bottom. Right, cool. So it's bringing that aroma. So, up to so you. it was, yeah. you know, yeah, it was definitely, you know, keeping the head refreshed and whatnot. You know, I normally don't like a big, thick-sided mug for drinking. A, a saison or something like that, but I mean, it would. It had a nice because of the nucleation that they put on it. I drink almost every beer from these snifters that we're holding right here. These mm -hmm. are the Spiegel snifters that we these always talk beautiful. about. Yeah, these and, are great. Uh, yeah, these these are our favorite uh, glasses to to drink from. They really bring out the character more than any other mm. beer uh, glass that we've ever used. I'll be ordering some of these when I get home, but sadly not on Amazon. We have a local distributor. Oh. <laughs> Oh, well. I keep trying to order stuff from Amazon for you guys, it's, yeah, but it's hard because okay. you know, by the time you pay shipping, you might as well not bother. They don't give you Prime? No, they don't, no. there's no Prime in New Zealand. So. 
Uh, the other comment I was I was just surprised at how you know this because it was I believe it was Wednesday and uh, you know got fruity you know yeah. fruity sitting in the growler for three days. I'm kind of curious to see what the other one will, will yeah. happen. I mean, could but I mean, get any better? Well, I mean, the thing is, it's just, it's just been in your fridge, right? It hasn't yeah, yeah, just been yeah. sitting in the fridge. Hasn't a. I mean, it's not sitting under head pressure. Yeah, so, I mean, there's something there. A little bit of oxidation could happen, but in three days, it's not the yeast. Three days of cold temperature, yeah. you're not going to see. There's it. no yeah. oxidative character in that. Yeah. It's just wow, that's good. I mean, I thought it was so, a good beer last night. Yeah. It's, it's a bit I, of as now. the beer warms up, it's opening up its aroma a little bit more, and give. And for me, it's giving away the fruit, and it's bringing in some more, um, some more agricultural, like uh, grassy, grassy notes. Maybe a little bit of, maybe a little bit of grapevine. You get any of that? Mm. I heard it, <laughs> but you're not smelling it, huh? Mm. No, I, I get what you're talking about. There is a, a um, uh, almost a herbaceous note that's coming mm-hmm. in underneath. But you know. and I, I don't know. Maybe in particular, I'm thinking like the the fresh green tendrils of grapevine, and not the mm-hmm. woody part, right? You know, I haven't uh, been hanging out in any yeah. vineyards lately, so I couldn't. Yeah, it's something vaguely rooty that actually more reminds me of planting stuff in in a garden. Try this technique to get the uh, the aroma. Oh, you want to swirl it around the bottom? Okay. It uh, really coats the glass. Yeah, and, just uh, have it, if you have it coat, you know, you, oh, wow. you basically tip it about tip your glass about forty five degrees or so, yeah. and spin the glass around. And what what happens is the the beer will coat the glass, and it just multiplies oh, yeah. the aroma. And your surface oh, area comes up. Grape skin. Now okay. I get you. Yeah, grapevine. You were talking about grapevine. I'm getting right. grape skin. Okay. Um, yeah, um, Chardonnay grapes. Oh man! Actually, the Anheuser Busch guys taught us that trick. Yeah, that's wow. <laughs> so they know some cool stuff. They know yeah. some. They know their stuff. Yeah, and to maybe try to describe it one more time to listeners: is we're drinking these out of snifters. I put it in the you know the, the palm of my hand or between my index finger and my thumb, and just tilt the glass until the beers. Up near the almost spilling out, yeah, tilt and roll, and then I just turn the glass until it coats the whole way around, and then take a big whiff, yeah. and uh, really multiplies the aroma. What you're doing you. is you're basically you're multiplying the surface area yeah. of the beer considerably. Yep. You guys need to post some video guides on your website with stuff like this. You know, you can do that. here's how we taste the beer. You know, here's a here's a standard session. Yeah, so I, th- I think that the apricot or passion fruit has, has subsided a bit. It's still there. You can still find it, right? But the grape skins, you know, you're getting a little more of the stuff you would expect yeah. us to mm. be describing in a saison, yeah. you know. Muscat grapes now I'm getting. I was thinking Chardonnay, but it's, yeah, it's really muscat grapes. That's really good. Yeah, I don't know my grapes enough to to differentiate, but there's... And then, you know, still on the malt character, you know, we've been focusing on these... Um, these esters, but you know, you go back and there's this nice spicy uh, character from the the rye, rye still. Yeah. Yeah. The rye is like I think this is really a, if you're curious what rye adds to a beer. I mean, there's a couple of them, right? The um, the Sierra Nevada rye is pretty pretty mm-hmm. uh, telling of what the rye is doing. But spicy is 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 the right note. Tingly a little bit. It 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 lays on your tongue in, in a slightly different way that. Just yeah, it kind of tingles around there. So, if you would like to support us, and of course you want to support us, 
there is uh, the best way to support us, which is to go to craftmarino.com slash Amazon. Whenever you want to buy anything. Especially things that Amazon sells. Yeah. It would be more successful if you did that. Uh, well, if you just do a search and see if it's there. Yeah. Um, we have a referral link. You go to craftmarino.com slash Amazon. You go to Amazon, you do your shopping, we get credit for what you purchase, doesn't cost you a penny more, and we get about 6% instead of you giving that money to Jeff Bezos. So it'll make you feel good, it'll make us feel good, and you know, Amazon makes enough money anyway. And, uh, you know, that's really the best way to support us. If you're looking for website hosting, there's a link on our website for bluehost.com. That's the site that hosts Craft Beer Radio, and that's a good web host that we like to use. Business hours are over. Oh, yeah. Baby. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Since we did a Belgian, why don't you say we do another Belgian-style beer? Let's do that. We'll do Let's... the Trompe Le Monde. Okay. So this is... Greg's now going to sing. Roundabout. <laughs> Trompe Le Monde is, is the name of a Pixies album, or the French for uh, Conquer the World. Trompe Le Monde, when you're talking about a roundabout beer, is a Belgian strong ale. They actually use the yeast that Unibrew uses for Le Fin du Monde. So that's where the, the, end the Monde of the world, comes yeah. from. And uh, so, I mean, that's kind of, you know, a good benchmark to say where we're starting with this beer. It was brewed with local honey, spiced with coriander. And it is uh, alcohol by volume of 8.0%. IBUs 22, open fermented. All right, so the second beer tonight with coriander, but the smell on this one is very different, right? Yeah, I, this I one, don't even get coriander on this. You do get something that's uh, you get something that's spicy. It, it's more. It's not as fruity as the East End's cor- use of coriander, right? This one's more woody. You think of the coriander and like the the husks and stuff that's yeah. on it, right? You think more of that kind of character. Stalky, yeah, yeah stalky is yeah. good. To me, the honey's coming through, and there's a, a good bit of. Uh, uh, bubble gum. That's mm, coming good. from yeah, good cool. Roundabout Brewery has um, been open for probably about two years now. They're also on Butler Street. They're at 48th, I think. Again, just a production brewery mm-hmm. with growler hours. And I don't think they have very much draft out in the market. I think they're almost exclusively growler fills. I hesitate to say I'm, that. Yeah, I, hate to I don't be think wrong. I've seen them in any bars. So I'm not a huge bar fly anyway, but uh, I haven't seen them in a place I've yeah, been. I to. hate to be wrong, but I think I'm, I'm confident enough to say that 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 uh, they really focus on on takeout sales from their brewery. And that's uh, Steve Sloan, who um, was the brewer at the church when they won the um, Small Brew Pub of the Year at the GABF. Wow. So after he uh, got those creds, he decided to uh, go at his own. He's We talked to him a little bit last night, and he's mm-hmm. worked at, well, I think he said, 12 different breweries. Yeah. He spent time at Firestone Walker. He spent time at Coors in the mm-hmm. Quality Lab, I think he said. Yeah, he did. And, and a bunch of other breweries as well. And, yeah, you got the feeling he really knew his stuff. You know, this is a talented brewer who is, you know, starting up here doing his mm-hmm. own thing. And, yeah, everyone should get down there and try that. And honestly, him and his his wife, is it? Or his girlfriend? Yeah, his wife. Yeah, his wife. Two of the nicest people you'll ever meet. you, know? you, you got to push Steve a little bit to get him talking, though. Yeah, he, he was, you know. <laughs> I think because his wife's from New Zealand. I was from New Zealand. Right. He was, 
you know, he talked a bit, but yeah. you know, maybe maybe that's there was true. a convenient map of New Zealand on the wall. <laughs> yeah, we could point could, out yeah. where I was from, and then, yeah, I come from here. On their website, they have a, a thing that says "Growler sales only?" Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. As though they they say they're they're eventually moving forward to getting a brew pub license necessary to sell pints and offer seating, but they don't say anything about uh, offering it to any other retail draft retail draft. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I saw this growler sales only and subconsciously equated that the wrong way. One thing I'll say as a visitor is that um, you know, for people listening to this who might be keen to come to Pittsburgh for Craft Beer Week. Uh, this is the one of the few breweries I've been to where every single beer I tasted blew my mind. Um, not just this was decent, but every single beer was great. Um, and this is somewhere I'd recommend to everyone and somewhere I'd watch to see what they're going to do in the future because I think they'll be amazing. Yeah, one, one thing that's interesting <laughs> about this show is because they're all in growlers, our normal... Um, our normal rate of beers getting to temperature. These beers are all much colder yeah. than we expect, right? Because mm. normally we've got some 12-ounce bottles of 22 sitting out, and Greg normally pulled the beers out at the start of the pre-show, so they're right. sitting out warming up all through the pre-show. Yeah. And these ones we didn't bring out until the main show, and they're much larger volume, so they're going to warm more slowly. So, yeah, I'm wrapping my hands around this glass to kind of get it up the temperature. Yeah. I'm used to drinking in New Zealand where bartenders just don't care about the temperature of the beer. <laughs> So for even for even being close to temperature, this is good. So mine's at fifty four, which is an ideal temperature. But you know, my personal preference is to get this thing a little bit warmer, yeah. get it close close to sixty. Yeah, I would say mine is surprisingly warm. I mean, I'm, I'm about sixty. So, so we got, check and see. Yeah, mine's sixty. Yeah, the uh, the newbie is on our Amazon store, and it's a very reasonable priced IR thermometer. I think it's less than twenty five bucks. Yeah, I'll be buying one of those when I get home. <laughs> Actually, I should buy it while I'm N-U-B-E. here. N-U-B-E. 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 Yeah. Mention on the aroma. I think the, now that it's warmed up, I'm getting more of the honey. Mm-hmm. I'm still not getting the honey. Mine's And mine's the warmest. That's weird. It's, um, it's not a big honey aroma. No, it, I think it kind of adds more mouthfeel than anything else. Yeah. It, it's a little... It, it's kind of a, a sort of silky thing that lays on top of your tongue once the beer is over and, it, and prevents it from getting too dry. I'm getting this uh, really nice grains of paradise note, you know, almost hmm. not peppery, but on on the ver- between peppery and uh, gingery. It's really hmm. really pleasant. Yeah, I can imagine where a blend of coriander and honey yeah, and brew phenols could oh. could definitely come across in that ballpark of grains of paradise for sure. Now, here's the weird thing. You, I think we've had this conversation before about Unibrew, right? And I cannot stand the yeast character that I thought, well, I thought I couldn't. Mm-hmm. This is, I didn't realize this was the same yeast. This is fantastic. I, I used to, I used to be really hard on Unibrew and then I just developed a palate and I'm able to appreciate it because I, I, I used to call it, it tastes like, you know, it was very earthy, or yeah, it tastes dirt. like dirt, right? Yeah. And, um, and I still feel that way. Okay. I, yeah. No, I've I've come around. I can appreciate all the the main Unibrew flagships. Mm-hmm. I keep um, trying them. I keep going back to them and thinking I must be wrong. Everyone else loves this beer. I must be wrong. And every time I go back to it, I just don't enjoy it. But yeah. I mean, it's it's good beer. It wins awards. It must be good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it does have a house character, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like you know, there for the longest time, I couldn't drink St. Adams Boston Lager. It tasted like tinfoil. Right? It tasted really tinny. I just couldn't get past that. And uh, once I learned to 
I had a, you know, I, we mentioned this a little bit when we were off the air about how Great Lakes Elliot Ness was my gateway mm. Vienna lager, right? Yeah. And once I got a palate for Elliot Ness, I could drink Sam Adams Boston lager mm. and appreciate it. And it didn't taste like tinfoil or tinny anymore. Yeah. Um, I love, I love Boston lager too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but for me, that was a really high hurdle I had to get over. I couldn't, I had problems getting a palate for that. And, you know, maybe the earthy character of, you know, um, Fort Collins, um, and I keep calling Fort Collins, but New Belgium Brewing, right? Yeah. New like Belgium. Fat Tire has an earthy character too. It's kind of. Yeah. And, and a real grainy. And I still don't have a palate to appreciate uh, Fat Tire. No, I, I, I'm, the, I'm the same with you. I, you know, we went there. We got <laughs> one of the things they did when we were judging World Beer Cup is they let us pull a bottle off the bottling line, so it was as fresh mm-hmm. as it could possibly get. And we took that home, and Alex and I shared it. And I was like, well, "Look, this is really well made beer. This is a beautiful beer, but I hate it." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love a lot yeah. of stuff that New Belgium does. Oh, everything I mean, else. It doesn't have fantastic. to be their sour stuff. I yeah. mean, their wit, mothership wit, you know, oh, the other beers yeah. are good. They grew it that they've got out right now. You you should try that. Have you tried that? Yet? Yeah, well, no, we they don't get, get it here, so. Oh, okay. It is fantastic. I mean, I tend to find that, that when brewers that have sort of a, a local standard, it doesn't always live up to what the brewer can desperately like. I'm thinking of Shiner Bach, for example. I don't like Shiner Bach very much at all, but there are other stuff that Shiner makes that I like a lot. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't like Fat Tire that much. Other stuff New Belgium makes I love. I really want to try Spotted Cow. I know they only have that in Wisconsin from mm-hmm. New Glarus, but apparently it's really good. But you know, it's, it's their local standard. I want to see yeah. if that live. It's at the, sort of the same right. way. You know, since we're trying to you know talk about Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week, give me a few minutes here to talk about some other things. There is going to be a big Lebowski night at Arsenal Brewing Lanes, Woo-hoo! so there'll be a bunch of Pittsburgh Craft Beer there. Will the dude abide? I think the dude will abide there. Excellent. This is a pretty good one from past years. Uh, Commonwealth Press is a local t-shirt shop, and they're very active in the the, the local beer scene via tri- you know Twitter and whatnot. But they have kind of a t-shirt art exhibit thing and it's free to go and the samples are at least the last time last year the samples were free um they had a lot of home brewers there sampling their wares and they had a couple commercial breweries as well so that's always a good one down in the south side right near where you're staying is where they're at i miss everything (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to go home last couple years piper's pub does a midweek breakfast uh, to make it inconvenient for people that have day jobs, but for people that work in the industry, where you know can go to this year, they're doing a uh, beer and breakfast cereal pairing at Piper's. Did you happen to get to have a Scottish egg when you were at Piper's? No, I didn't. I, we didn't eat, uh, uh, but I did have some scotch when I was at Piper's. And I appreciated close, that close enough. Yeah. yeah, that was good. Another one that sounds really good, and, and this will be the last one before we get back to the beer. But uh, Blue Dust out in Homestead near where Rock Bottom is, they're doing a, a beer fest, beer and oyster fest, and oh. it's going to be outside under the high level bridge at Rain or Shine, and it's a rel- relatively long fest. I think it's like close to six hours, and um, it's a lot of oysters to be shocked. You're just being cruel to me <laughs> yeah, now. Oysters yeah. are my favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah, so that's one you might see me at. I'm really thinking about going to the, the oyster fest if uh, mm. if. Uh, I think it's on a Saturday, so soccer might screw me on that one, too. It might it might overlap with uh, Firkins. Should we move on to the next beer? Let's do that. You guys are lapping me now. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, let's see. Two IPA. I guess we'll do the Bitter End next. All right. East End 
The Bitter End. The Bitter End. So this is a second runnings, right, of their barley wine? This is, is this? normally the second runnings of their barley wine. You know, Greg, you know when you oh yeah when you do a barley wine, you got to stop sparging early, so you have a nice strong uh, work to. And there's still a fair amount of sugars left in the grain bed. This experiment sparging is sparging is when you're rinsing the sugars out of the barley after the mash part of the brew, and that's where you get all the sweet wort to make beer from. And when you're doing a barley wine, you need to have pretty sweet wort. So if you sparge too much, you're going to dilute it, and you don't want that. Um, most brewers, when they're done with a the batch, you know there's no good sweetness left in the thing to do anything with so they just feed it to the cows but when you're doing a barley wine you stop early and there's enough sweetness left in the mash to do a low alcohol beer and that's a small beer or a second runnings beer and uh, that's where bitter end came from now the reason it's called the bitter end you'll appreciate this the first time they did it they didn't clean out the brew kettle so it had all the hop material left over from the barley wine in it and so you could just imagine the wicked amounts of isomerization they had. Oh, yeah. Um, so the small beer, tons and tons of bitterness. So that's, that's why they call awesome. it the bitter end. Uh, bitter end is what what I would definitely approve of as being a sessionable beer at 3.8%. Is that that's all sessionable? Is? Yeah. Are you serious? This yeah. is 3.8. Oh, wow. Or at least according to Beer Advocate, it is. Mm. I suspect it varies by batch. Uh, most small breweries do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Do we know if this is to I that? Don't, or I don't know what this one okay. is. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I believe it. It smells like like a brewer kettle after you're done beer. It brewing. does. It, you know, it really. Oh, it's spot on, Greg. I mean, you. So you. I didn't know you were a brewer, but well, it I've, really, I've really done it with Jeff. Yeah, you've been here. So, you know, they decided to keep that that whole over-bittering thing yeah. just for this beer. Because, I mean, it, it, well, it's more bitter than what he initially wanted. And, and yet it's, like it. it's not too bitter. Yeah. I mean, it's really well-balanced. Again, I mean, this, this seems to be East End's theme. Well-balanced beer. It's got this beautiful grapefruit note to it. Yeah, so it does carry... You mentioned grapefruit. I think it has a fair amount of pithiness as well, yeah, too. You know, really. kind of like the, the grapefruit rind, you know, the, yeah. the pithy skin there. No, the one thing I noticed about this beer, if it's anywhere close to the 3.2 that's mentioned, right? 3.8. that's mentioned. It has a hell of a body, right? Mm. It doesn't taste yes. like a small beer. It, yeah. it has yeah. a full body. It's bitter. I mean, it tastes like you're drinking a full strength, you know. Um, I think this was 6% if I was drinking this beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. absolutely agree. So you're not giving up any kind of flavor or body. No. It, you're just saving your sobriety, and that that's yeah. always a good thing, especially if the beer doesn't uh you know s- sacrifice in any yeah. way for me this is a beer i wish i could have all the time just on tap right yeah you know i mean there's a few right you get um there's a all day all day ipa from founders i haven't there's had that nooner from sierra nevada actually i have some in the fridge so maybe we'll get some of that before oh, you leave tonight yeah um, oh, it should be a- one of my favorites <laughs> and it was really one of the first um, session IPA type beers. Surly Brewing did a beer called Bitter Brewer. Oh, now that I've never tried it. I've always and, uh, I've, it. I've had it, yeah. you know, we got it. I think someone sent it to us. We had two cans. They were delicious. Mm-hmm. It's been probably five years. I've had it since, but I, I still remember what that beer tastes like. And I just loved, but it's still the same ballpark, right? Because you get this really rich bitterness and um, you know, a big body, and you know, you're not getting blitzed on it. So. I think one of my favorite ever 
Small beers was Le Petit Prince from Jester King. That was pretty good. That actually won something at the World Beer Cup this year. Yeah, that was <laughs> did. That was amazing. I don't remember which category for, it might for how much flavor it had with just it was like three percent. It was beautiful. The funny thing, Jeff, as a judge, is that you <laughs> you sit through the awards and you don't care about anything. All you look at is I judge final round on that. Yeah. So you're looking at the gold, silver, bronze mm-hmm. that you picked. Right. Oh, that's what that was. Anything else just fades out, so you don't notice what any of the others. Yeah, were. I just remember I was looking through the list and I saw Le Petit, Le Petit Prince, and just like you said, I remember that being a really good small beer. That was kind of a grisette, I think, if I remember right. Oh, okay. So, you know, a Belgian, you yeah. know, worker beer, you know, small beer. The malt of this beer is kind of doughy to me. It, it tastes a little bit like a, like a doughy pizza oh, yeah, dough. like, or pretzel, you know, mm-hmm. uh, unbaked mm-hmm. pretzel. Yeah, I, know, I get that. And the, the hop quality sort of, it is it, it a little diluted, but I think that's sort of, in, that's intentional. Mm. Yeah, I, I like this beer a lot. This is a, it's certainly a great drinker, and it's uh, and it's, you know this is one of these nice little mini ca- mini mini growlers. These are beautiful. That are, are these a new thing over here? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean they're relatively slightly new. less than a liter. Like, point nine five liters. These rounds, these are half yeah. a half a. Or, these are a quart. Yeah, mm. these ones uh, I think are also a quart. Thirty two ounces. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, two it's pints, a lot better package for pints. a growler, right? Because you don't have to have a friend. With yeah. those 64-ounce growlers, you need a friend to finish that at yeah, night. Or right. you're just really working yeah. hard. Well, or it's a session beer. <laughs> or it's a session beer. But with these, you can have two glasses. It's not really an imposition. Yeah. So. All right. So the next beer we're going to do is we're going back to Roundabout. And this is their higher PA. This is... Uh, H-Y-E-R dash P-A for Pennsylvania. So... So Greg, the uh, guy from New Zealand, actually knows more about this beer than we do, apparently, because they typically have high PA, and this is the higher PA, so this yeah. is the the uh, the high PA turned up to eleven. That was only because I was nerding out and looking it up on untapped. Technically, turned up to seven point three. That's the alcohol volume on this yeah. sucker. Yeah. It is hopped with New Zealand Pacific Gem hops, yeah. which you're familiar with. I am, and U.S. Citra, and uh, sixty-eight ibus. I do love a good The fermenter is what they call unitank. I guess that's instead that's, of uh, open. A unitank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. unitank is just your normal yeah. conical fermenter. This thing has a bonkers aroma on the nose, right? Yeah. You smell it, you get... Not quite next level bonkers. <laughs> Not next level bonkers, but it's bonkers. You get the passion fruit, right? Yeah. You get, uh, you know, traditional citra, but the gem... You know, that New Zealand gem, or Pacific, whatever it was. Pacific um, gem, yeah. Pacific gem, that's it. Uh, gives it a little bit different than straight-up citra. Yeah, Pacific gem is known for a slightly lemony note normally, but in this, I think combined with the citra, oh, wow, it, it's presenting, um, it's it's just uber-tropical, really, isn't it? I'm getting pineapple, I'm getting mango, I'm getting passion yes. fruit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just a tropic bomb. Um, when I tasted this at the brewery, I said to it was Steve, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. everybody's Steve to Steve yeah. or Matt. Yeah, <laughs> I said to Steve, "Is this Nelson Sovin?" Did I Steve tell you that? Yeah, he did. Steve, <laughs> damn Steve. Um, I thought it was uh, Nelson Sovin, and he said, "No, no, no, it's Citra." And I'm like, "God, they're so similar." Yeah, but I think it's because he's blended it with the Pacific Gem. It's giving that. You know what? I smelled it last night, and I'm smelling hints of it again tonight. I'm getting some durian. 
There's a touch of Durian in this. <laughs> well, Greg's still in his seat. He hasn't the run good, from the, the room. The good right? part of Durian. I, if you say so. If you say there's a good part of Durian. Well, I, Greg, Greg doesn't acknowledge that there's a good part of Durian, but I'm smelling this little... So, no, I, I could say that there there are... I mean, there's parts of everything which you could find enjoyable. Like, okay, dank here means something else, right? I mean, when you guys talk about dank beer, you're talking about uh, what they've just legalized in, in Colorado, right? Kind I mean, of, yeah. yeah. I mean, that... But it can also be kind of... A deeper resiny quality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, this has this organic, almost decomposing tropical fruit thing going yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could use dank in that kind of thing, too, like decomposing compost. Yeah. Um, dank is sort of like mm, tropical rainforest sort of... Uh, right. D- like the humid, thick humidity you can cut through and, and yeah. that's sort of the translate that into some sort of aroma yeah, yeah. An aroma you have to really just you know cut through with a knife because it's, mm-hmm. it's that thick yeah I mean it's it's an aroma I can smell all day I really enjoy this those we call those the air freshener beers the mm. ones that uh, are I want know. this in my car yeah yeah yeah, this is one, you know, no hurry to really start drinking because it just gives you so much aroma. This is the higher IPA from Roundabout Brewing. Oh, but you should start drinking it. I just did. Oh. It's higher PA. Higher. I think that's what I said. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> Stevie one. Only two more things I want to say about Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week before we wrap up this show, and that is uh, we can't forget about East End Brewing Company's Keg Ride. This is a, a charity event where you, you ride kegs on the river. No, no, <laughs> you. It's a bike ride. I do that. It's a bike ride where you you go to the brewery, take your bike there, and you follow Scott and his team hauling kegs of pedal pale ale on their bike trailers to an unknown destination. And when you get there, you get a pint of pedal pale ale. First couple of years, it was kind of just like off the seat of the pants let's go for a bike ride and then it got so big they had to start getting permits and police escorts and things like that right to you know block off traffic and whatnot so it's a pretty big deal and and all the proceeds go to charity lots and lots of brewers are doing collaborations for pittsburgh craft beer week Uh, they did it last year and they're doing it even more so this year uh for example you guys had the one from east end and lavery last night which was rojo something or another but it's a smoke (laughs) no (laughs) No, that's no No, La Rojo is, is the pepper uh, beer. The, the oh yeah. yeah, La Rojo is uh, Magic Pump or Jolly Pumpkins beer, right? So we, no, that's La Roja. La Roja, okay. Yeah. No, it was Rojo something Imperial Red pepper beer, and it wasn't so spicy. They were focusing mm. on pepper flavors instead of pepper heat, and um, had a lot of smoke going on. That was good. Rojo Ahumada. Ahum. There you go. Ahumada. Oh, wow. There we go. The church did a collaboration with. Um, the the new meadery that's opening up in Carnegie, and they're doing uh, honey. I spice the wit, so it has honey in it. Yeah, it's, it's in Is Rick Moranis going to show up for the? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and then lots of other collaborations. So anytime you're out for Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week, look for all the, uh, the one-off collaborations. Uh, last year's there were some pretty good ones. Well, just drink Pittsburgh beer. It's all good, as far as I can tell. You haven't had Iron City yet, have you? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's... No, no. I, I nearly bought a can today, and then I realized I had to buy 12. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. You probably, well, you were, you were on the, the south side. You could just go on, like, Jack's, yeah. you know, the best bar oh, yeah, on the yeah, south yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. You could have went there and got one. They have a yeah. sign outside saying the best bar on the south side. I mean, I, right. why wouldn't I believe it? Right. <laughs> I'll say this for Jack's. They do, they actually do have a, a craft beer selection, usually it's in bottles. 
they have at okay. least they have like Great Lakes and stuff like that. So they have them, but I I haven't been there in, in years. I, I take back anything I just said. Yeah. but yeah, it, it it's a pretty divey bar. Uh, I know, like dive bars. They they may have changed, but it's 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 a dive bar, but it's also one that's way too way too overcrowded for me. Okay. I don't like those kind of places. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick took me to a dive bar recently. Nick has been on the show. That was just a divey bar, but had an awesome selection yeah. of beer. Uh, you know, they had like Headhunter and I think the Blueberry one on tap. It? Uh, it was some somewhere in uh, Brentwood. Hmm. We saw people ordering that Bumbleberry today from yeah. Fatheads. And Alex was like, is that, "What? What the hell's floating in there? Oh, it's blueberry." <laughs> We're like, "Is that supposed to be there?" <laughs> All right. So the higher PA. I mean, this stuff is—it's pretty delicious. Right? Oh, that really reminds is. me. Uh, I, I kept wanting to mention this on the show. Uh, there's a there's a beer that somebody's making that has brains in it. Sheep brains. Oh yeah, the zombie was this yeah. the Walking Dead beer. So yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's the Walking Dead beer, right? So Greg, I can see right. Jeff going. Oh God, they're going off topic again. <laughs> no, this is this is a beer related topic. I, I know we wanted to keep it piss prepared, but this is something that okay, uh, we can talk. I, I, let's try to keep it to five minutes. Yeah. So this, you might remember we were talking about next trends in craft beer and whatnot, and I kind of made the joke meated beers. Yeah, apparently there's a meated beer. This now. is Walking Dead tribute beer uh, from Dock Street Brewing. That's the uh, one. it's called Walker. It's made with goat brains and cranberries. Yeah, I'll try that. Yeah, I'll try anything once. Yeah, yeah. I, Dock it, Street's making it, huh? They're over in Philly. I actually. Also, uh, we should be able to get it around here somewhere. Well, it's probably just pub only type thing. I oh, would expect. Man, I don't want to go all the way to Philly to get it. <laughs> That's like ages away. But uh, yeah, there's no reason why meated beers can't be a thing. Yeah, right? well, they, we had a. Um, so this is okay. I'll try and keep it to five minutes because I know you want to get back to it. Um, one of the things I do back home in New Zealand is we run the national homebrew competition, and. Uh, we had a, a, a beer dedicated to Hannibal Lecter, and it had, um, what was it? Brains something Chianti. and... and Chianti and Yeah, Chianti and fava beans. Yeah. And sorry if you're listening to this, whoever brewed it, but it was a terrible, terrible beer. <laughs> but it was an amazing concept, and uh, <laughs> we really wanted it to be good. One more story to add to this little five-minute thing. The uh, the new Game of Thrones beer is out. Oh, wow. Uh, the Fire and Blood, which is a red ale from Mama Gang. All right, so the last beer of the night, we're going back to the Church Brew Works, and this is their Brett Triple. And uh, I ordered this on Wednesday, and I was expecting straight-up Brett, you know, leathery, whatnot. I taste it, and... It, the name's kind of a misnomer. There's a bit of a Flandersy thing. There's some there's some Acetobacter in there. It gets a lot more uh, it's a lot more Flandersy than you would expect from the name. Yeah, this was a beer we saw on the menu, and when Jeff took us to the church, and we all got very very excited. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping they didn't kick the keg um, before you guys got there last mm. night, because at that point we weren't really planning on doing this tonight. No, it, it smells bready. Alex is like, yes, please. Give yes. Some. <laughs> There's no way she's sitting in the background for this one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All my analytical and objective Oh, but there is some Flanders thing kicking in. There is that uh, 
you know uh, sourness the yeah. the acetic notes are, are, mm-hmm. are coming in. Although it's no, it's 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 you know that acetic note. You, you say acetic, and everyone thinks sharp. It's got that nice rounded. Yes, of, yeah, yeah. It is. It's definitely more rounded than yeah. Than and aged. You know, there's craft vinegars now. Have you seen that? There's drinking craft vinegars. Yes, I have mm-hmm. seen. That there are yeah craft yeah. vinegar or, or at least drinking vinegars. Yeah, that sort of you know rounded design for drinking, design for blending. You know, I've been actually uh, mixing some some of that organic apple cider vinegar with soda water. Yeah, and it has a very Flandersy feel to it. It's oh, like, wow. and so you know, you're not getting any of the booze. You can drink it in the morning and whatnot. It's like, you know, this is kind of a good analog for drinking a sour beer. I, the only thing is, I'm worried about drinking all that acetobac. You know, all the acetic acid is blowing out my palate. You know, yeah, I'm kind right. of worried about that. But other than that, it's like, damn, this is good. It tastes like you know, I'm drinking a sour beer. I love that. You can say I'm a drunk, but it's. I'm I'm not a drunk. <laughs> yeah, so this is oh, their Millennium Triple, and it was dosed with bread and put it in a didn't barrel. turn out really triple at all. No, I mean, it, you'd never buy that. That was a triple. Yeah, yeah. But so then they they put it in a barrel, and then I don't know how long they aged it for. But yeah, I mean the barrel is obviously not a clean barrel, right? No. It's obviously a barrel with some bugs in it, and that really affects the. And for people who are listening, you might not know what I mean by bugs. I mean wild strains of yeast and or bacteria that provide good character to beer not so I, it, it's an enduring term for those not a, a condescending yeah. term for those but you don't mean yeah. flies or something no. like yeah. google um yeah. britannomyces and acetobacter and you'll you'll figure out what's yeah so when i when i say bugs i mean it in the best possible way because it's it's not just a single strain of yeast fermenting the beer it's a it's a whole ecosystem working on it yeah and it, it does really fascinating things now this beer is a tart tangy sour is probably not the right word for it even mm. though we call things sour beers for someone who's a neophyte i've talked about this on i the mean show. it's more sour than than, than a beer that yeah. you know somebody who's not used to anything along the line is used to so oh, i'd say sour words I've, I've talked about this on the show before but because we might have listeners who normally don't listen to us tonight these sour beers you, you know people who are beer drinkers might think that you know there's a learning curve to appreciate these things but to my surprise, at a former job, I would travel a lot and take coworkers out to beer bars and kind of lead them to a tasting flight. And I was always end off the night with a sour beer, like a Rodenbach or something like that. And, you know, 70% of the people would like this beer. They didn't need to ramp up to it. It's, it's flavors that they appreciate, um, even if they're not exposed to them. So, you know, don't be scared, but it's not going to be your traditional clean beer flavor there's gonna be some different flavors in there somewhat vinegary apple cider vinegar is a definite component of this yeah. beer that's what we talk about acetobacter and acetic acid that's what that's what apple cider vinegar is the thing you, i would sorry. Oh, sorry i was gonna say you he, jeff nailed it with tangy for me i mean that's yeah i mean the thing i would say is that like from a culinary perspective if you want to get a dish to, to really liven up you want to brighten it up sometimes sometimes and to do that a lot of times you add lemon or lime you add something sour yeah, something and that tends to brighten up the flavors and 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 make it more alive and i think that's what happens with sour beers the the flavors are, are more bright and more alive in your palate and you can really start then tasting the individual other components that maybe you weren't able to pick out before yeah. and, and then this beer has a whole nother dimension going on that you don't get in a lot of sour beers it extracted a lot of vanilla and vanilla mm. from the barrel and so you drink this thing and you start off with the tangy and it goes straight into this um it almost it feels to me almost like a maple syrup or something like that right it kind of goes wow. into this or you know a real yeah maple syrup type thing yeah but, but i mean 
to be clear, none of the stickiness, none of the you know, none of that sort of hangs around forever. Yeah. It, it finishes so clean and so dry. It's it's beautiful. I mean, the the acidity lingers, but you don't get you know if you if you had a spoonful of maple syrup that would hang around. Yeah, yeah. On your palate. Yeah. If you had a spoonful of this, it gives you that sweetness, that fullness, and then the the bite, the acidity kicks in, and it just leaves you feeling like I need more of that. You know, it's right. it's the most refreshing drinking experience you'll have. I, I I really I really like the maple syrup call. I I appreciate your your take on on the uh, difference between that and just you know drinking maple syrup. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I wouldn't pour this on pancakes. Well, but, I, you know, you know what? I might. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you drink your orange juice with your pancakes, don't you? You, right. you, you exactly. have that. You want that citric acid? Yeah, balance. right. Yeah, I mean, you drink it with pancakes. You could even, you know, imagine something like um, crepes or something, where you actually want to soak it in this, right? Mm-hmm. So you get kind of the acidity absorbed up into it, right? Yeah. Now you're talking. That's yeah. Oh man, this is good. This is good. This is really, really delicious. We kind of knew going in that this would, we because we've had this and it's really great. But man, this is this is pretty but, awesome. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is better than it was tasting last night. I mean, for me, this is you know maybe the just the time in the growler has allowed it to do something. I think the the tap. maple character is more apparent. Yeah, right? yeah you're absolutely right. Because when it came straight off a tap, there was more uh, carbonation, right? Yeah. So that kind of. I think that focused the acidity more, so it was more acidic last night. Good call. Also, we're yeah. in different glassware. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. environment has to play in of because course. we're you know yeah. we're, we're we're actually taking time to consider this stuff. That whereas you we were doing more sort of conversational drinking yeah. uh, at, at the bar. So a lot of this plays into it. There's always the problem with sensory anything where you, yeah. you know when, when anything revolves around a sense. You, that sense is thrown off by the other senses, right? And it's what you're doing at the time and what you're enjoying and who you're with. But, I mean, this is a beer that will stand up to any of those occasions, any time. Yeah, this is, you know, a, a should, they should have sent a poet type beer. Exactly right. I mean, yeah. this is, you know, we, we poor drinkers are not yeah. equipped to describe this beer. <laughs> I think that puts it as pretty clear as to what our number one beer is for the night let's go through the ranking and alex do you you want to participate in the ranking at all no okay all right well i had my number one yeah and and is it this yes yes okay so we're all decided on number one all right that's fine well I, i assume jeff yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll put this one first. Yeah, uh, okay. Close second for me is higher IPA. I mean, that is a, an amazing hop-bursted IPA coming out of Pittsburgh. I had not had anything that, you know, I, I, I would compare it to beers such as Lagunitas Sucks and to Torpedo and, and things like that. You know, it's just a hop-bursted IPA with a huge amount of flavor. And it, it makes me happy and proud that you know someone local is putting that much hot flavor into a beer. Those are the two easy ones. Then let me look around the table here because there's a bunch of different growlers and cans. Mm. You know what? I really liked that nut brown ale from Hop Farm. Mm. Yeah, I am fairly confident putting that number three. I dug that a lot. Now I'm comparing. Did I prefer the bitter end or the rye saison from the church? I think I'll put the bitter end. It was a nice clean and. You know, it gets bonus points for not being intoxicative. Um, 
<laughs> you can you can it had a full body, a great hop flavor, good malt flavor, and not intoxicative. So I'll put the bitter at number three. The rye saison will be number four. I enjoyed that a bunch. Um, so what does that leave left? The Tromplemont. No, your bitter end would be number four. Okay. Your number five would okay. be your rye saison. The Tromplemont. I enjoyed the beer. I didn't love how the coriander so much played in that beer. Um, so um, you know that's why it's ending up down here. Other than that, it was a good beer. I enjoyed it a lot, but I it just didn't. So we got the, the wit. wit. Yeah. Tromplemont. That's it. That's, that's seven. It. I'm going to have to put the wit in front of the Tromplemont. Uh, I thought the East End wit was... Um, I liked how they employed the coriander. For some reason, the, the East End was a really fruity interpretation of, of coriandering. And the Tromplemont was a more woody, stalky, husky interpretation of, the, of coriandering. All right, Greg, with an extra I, the I is for Kiwi. Oh, I get to go next. Okay, I'm honoured. Um, first, I have to say there is not a bad beer amongst these. They're all fantastic beers. So this order purely reflects my um, my preference. Um, the Brett Triple, we've already decided, number one. I think that was unanimous, um, mainly just because the skill involved in brewing that and yeah. turning it out, you know, wow. Well done, Church Brewworks. High PA was next for me, uh, which I think also would, I, so I, I agree with Jeff on that. Um, roundabout, wow, they really turned that out. The hop flavors yeah. they got out of that, that was, it is probably the best IPA I've had while I've been in this country, ever. So that's four years of coming to the States. And that's, beers, that's, yeah. I mean, you've had a bunch. You've been. I've had a lot of beer. Northern California. Exactly. You know? And that does it for me. I, I would have that over Pliny the Elder. Uh, sorry, Vinny. Uh, <laughs> next up for me is the uh, Rye Saison from Church Beerworks. I, you know, I, I get what you were saying, Jeff. I, I get that it didn't do it for you, but for me that was actually an, an essay in subtlety. It had a lot going mm-hmm. for it. Um, a lot of different flavors going on. And uh, I loved, you know, the, the only thing I wanted more of that was more rye. I didn't really get what the rye expressed. Did you think that it was more rye when you had the draft last night? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah me last too. night I did. Um, tonight in the bottle, for me, the, the Saison characters came through. I got so, a slightly so maybe the, maybe the carbonation helps accentuate rye. Perhaps. Higher carbonation. Yeah. I mean, and, you know... Well, carbonation and also is a little bit of a spice character. Yeah, yeah. So. will help accentuate that yeah. as well, right? So. Yeah. I mean, anecdotally, rye is quite thick and heavy, so carbonation would lift that... Um, all I know is I really liked it. Uh, fourth for me was Trompe Le Monde. I thought that was the you know, the complexity of that was beautiful. I loved what they were doing. I loved everything that was going on in there, and I loved that it was named after a Pixies album. <laughs> this may or may not have biased me. East End Bitter End. Now I feel really sad that that East End is so far down my list, but wow! I mean, it it was a beautiful beer. I drink this all the time as my standard beer it's just that all the other beers <laughs> i see how you guys struggle now when you're yeah. trying to pick when you're trying to rank these things you're like 
this doesn't deserve to be so well, far down the list. Hard luck loser comes in. The exactly game, right? right. I mean, and none of these beers tonight were losers. Uh, there, there, there are some days where we kind of curse ourselves for for making ranking such an important part of the show. Yeah, but but you've got to do it. Is it an I important mean, part of the show? Yes, absolutely. No, it's I, a fun part. Of the I, show. I think it's I think it's a signature. You know, it's it's it's, a, it's our top ten list. If you will. yeah, and look, I always enjoy it. I always listen to it, and it, it colors me when I come yeah. over here. I think. I remember Jeff and Greg liked yeah. this beer, you know, and that's what colours me when I choose beer. Um, that uh, the Nut Brown from Hop Farm, uh, delicious beer, absolutely delicious beer. Only disadvantaged by the fact that it was a Nut Brown. It was a, a fairly dull style, if you know what I mean. It was a beautiful beer. Um, however, it was just that the other ones did it for me more. That was all it was. Right. Um, and finally, East End Wit. Um, my least favorite style but by far one of the best examples i've ever had so it you know exact personal preference comes into that entirely um i really enjoyed that slightly meaty note that i was calling out i really enjoyed uh the coriander the way that it was blended in my ranking is of course number one brett triple and we all agree this is the best oh. beer of the night uh number two we also all agree on higher pa i think that that was uh, just really really great ipa uh real luscious it's had so so much good things going for it did luscious is a good word for yeah it. yeah Deeds. my number three is going to be the bitter end i think that mm. was probably my uh I, I really enjoyed that i i enjoyed how full it tasted for being mm-hmm. a session beer how it, it, it had a lot of that character i enjoyed the the aroma of just you know an, an empty brew kettle uh yeah. There's so much going on in that stuff that I really liked. Number four, the Nut Brown. Great brown ale. Had, it really had that nutty quality. It had some really, really strong stuff going for it. Uh, and it's in a can. You, you can get it, and it, it'll be pretty... Canned by hand. Canned by oh, yeah. hand. It'll be pretty much the same for everybody. Number five, the rye saison. I like the little spicy rye notes that were there. Number six, the trompe le monde. A little bit of a hard luck loser in this sense. I think that uh, it was really good, but uh, I, 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 the other ones eclipsed it. And the wit, I, I actually uh, was the, the least enjoyable beer of the night for me. I should mention that the um, all these beers were donated, except for the Rye Saison. I paid for that one. And uh, thank you for the breweries. Thank you for listening to another episode of Craft Beer Radio. And uh, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website to find out what that means. You can contact us uh, via email, beer at craftbeerradio.com. Uh, we're on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear, and Greg is at CBR Greg. And uh, Greg McGill is at Greg McGill, G R E I G M C G I L L. And uh, yeah, if you're ever uh, in, uh, you're on the North Island, right? Yeah. yeah. If you're in sunny New Zealand, look at look me up. There you go, North Island, and he's in Hamilton, right? Hamilton's correct. So uh, look for bureaucracy if you're over over there. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you again. Greg's cueing me, but he doesn't want me to turn on the music yet.
Be more constructive with your feedback, please. I just wanted to put that 